Hello, Durham communities and hello, DPS families. Uh, This is Sheena Cooper from the Office of Public Affairs, and I'd like to welcome you back to our second episode of Get to Know As We Grow. It was really an opportunity for DPS to talk to the community about the Growing Together initiative and all the various components of this program and why it's extremely critical that we do this work right now for all of our Durham Public School students. This episode, I'm really excited to have Dr. Deborah Pittman join us. She is the Assistant Superintendent for Specialized Services, and today we're talking about a portion of the Growing Together initiative that many people might not know was truly part of the foundation of this uh, work and why it's necessary to reimagine during public schools at this time. And what we're talking about are EC programs and our pre-K programs. Hello, Dr. Pickman. Welcome. It is so good to be with you. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about Growing Together as it relates to our EC programs and our pre-K initiatives in Durham Public Schools. I know a lot of the conversation that we've had to date has really been centered around our magnet programs. But what does this mean for our most vulnerable students in Durham Public Schools? Absolutely. You know, it's interesting, the Growing Together initiative really has three major components. And the most forward-facing and probably the one that's most familiar to folks is the part around our magnet programming and where our magnet programs are currently located. But if we think back to how the initiative launched, we really were looking at our equity policy and how our rules of access were impacting our families and our children. And so much of what we began to unpack was how we might increase access across all of our schools. And indeed, as you mentioned, our foundational work began looking at our EC, or what are known as our exceptional children's programs, not only in our kindergarten through fifth grade, but also linking back to the pre-kindergarten EC children, as well as our pre-kindergarten programming. You may wonder why that's important. As we start to look at building capacities and how many students a school building might house, if we are placing some of our most vulnerable student learners in programs where they might by design need a smaller setting or an individual classroom or a separate classroom, that will impact how many seats are available for a neighborhood placement or a neighborhood boundary. So it was important to us on, on several levels to make sure that our EC children were in schools that allowed a progression from as young as kindergarten through their fifth grade experience and offered stability, as well as looking down lower into our pre-K years to align those programs in an elementary school. And I know um, oftentimes people are thinking, wow, didn't that already exist? And yes, to a degree, it already does. But there's been a great need to streamline that access. Imagine having a student who starts school who who has some special needs that may need to have focused attention um, throughout the course of their education. And two years into a program, they have to leave and transition to a new school because it's no longer offered at the school that they're currently enrolled in. That's a bit disruptive. And so certainly aligning and streamlining the programmatic offerings within regions um, will provide greater access to our families. Absolutely. I'm really glad you shared that 
where we were noticing our programming, that streamline, that continuity of years was being provided in many of our schools. However, we were noticing that every so often there would be a disconnection. And where a special learner, as you've mentioned, may start in a school in their younger years, needing that continual progression through their elementary experience through fifth grade, they may or may not be able to remain at the school that they were assigned in the younger grades. And so we are being quite intentional about ensuring that continuity of service. And in many ways, our younger learners, our EC pre-K children, might be also assigned to a school that was not connected to the K-5 years. And so we are bringing all of that into alignment. And you mentioned regions. Part of the policy, the student assignment policy revision includes looking at how we might divide our district into regions. And so we will be placing these highly structured or highly specialized programs in regions. And as you mentioned, that will indeed not only allow the continuity of service for children, but also have other effects that are beneficial in that. Sometimes our students are on very long bus rides to get to their specialized programs right now. And by regionalizing and also concentrating our programs in smaller geographic divisions of our community, those bus times will also be drastically reduced, which will be a huge benefit for our children. Absolutely. Matthew Palmer reminds us all the time that The first student in Durham Public Schools to board a bus gets on the bus early in the morning, five something in the morning, and that child is four years old, which many will likely say is is problematic. But the regions, which we're going to hear more about in the next episode of Get to Know As We Grow, uh, the regions are really providing a framework for us to create efficiencies within the district, and also support students in their opportunities to have greater access to programmatic offerings, which I think is pretty phenomenal. It really is. And just to have that mindset and and to be highly aware of the experience that children have as we're designing programs, as we're designing bus routes, as we're carving out school boundaries, these are all at the forefront of our intentionality with planning. One of the benefits, too, I, I want to spend a moment highlighting, if as we are able to align and streamline the experience for a child beginning as early as pre-K through fifth grade, by eliminating those disruptions or transitions to different schools, this is going to really highly impact the connection, the relationships that the family and the school build at the earliest years to really be able to deliver the highest quality educational program and experience for our students and really increase the high quality parent engagement that families can have with their school and their teachers and overall enhance the learning experiences for our children. And that's ultimately what we're committed to doing. Absolutely. That's what it's all about, ensuring that every single DPS student has the opportunity to thrive and grow in their school communities. I'm excited that we're a part of this work to really lay a foundation for how students are able to access the learning that they want, how families can be able to support their students a lot better through that process based upon this alignment that we're creating throughout the district. Absolutely. We're very excited about it. And being able to put this at the forefront of this project work really positions us for strategic placement of our application programs 
and our boundary assignments. So we're very excited that these three components are interwoven and interconnected in such a powerful way. Absolutely. You hear that, folks, growing together, thinking about every single student in Durham Public Schools, our youngest students, our most vulnerable students, working through this initiative to ensure that they have the access that they need to the programs that they need. So fantastic. Thank you again, Dr. Pittman, for joining us. Thank you, DPS families. Thank you, Durham community. And until next time, we look forward to hearing more from you. Don't forget to join us at engage.dpsnc.net to share your thoughts about growing together and to learn more about this initiative. We look forward to our next episode of Get to Know As We Grow.